What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi. Today is Wednesday, October 23rd, and you guys are listening to episode 132, uh, and a great special episode that I have for you guys. Um, I know I'm a little late. Today's Wednesday. Uh, I told you guys I was going to do it Sunday night or Monday, but uh, I could explain. I was at a wedding. I drove to Myrtle Beach. I'm going to get into all that bullshit, but uh, I'm doing it today. Uh, the 23rd Wednesday, 2013, with a very special guest. He's here. He's sitting next to me with his Lawheads Court hat on, which he just designed from the Coastal Grand Mall here in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, which he is very excited about, and I'm not going to lie, the scarlet red with the gray is the shit. He's making a second appearance on the Verzi Effect. Jason Lawhead, thank you for being here, buddy. Dude, thanks for taking me to the Grand Coastal Mall. I think it's the Coastal Grand. Well, who cares? We're in Myrtle (laughs) Beach. It doesn't matter. We're in Beach Myrtle. Listen, this uh, hat is the best thing that's ever happened to me. If uh, if you remember me from the last podcast, uh, my name's Jason Law, and I got Lawheads Court. It's a sports podcast. But anyway, <laughs> and it's a great podcast. Quick plug, quick plug. Um, it was either this or a build a bear with Lawheads Court on it, and so I figured I'd go with the hat. Um, I but I may both. I may get your daughter Sophia build a bear with Lawheads Court, you know, just to promo it. But uh, well, depending on how much you spend this week, exactly. <laughs> We're spending it. We're, it's early, and we've already spent some. But thanks for having me, Paul. Good to be here at uh, in the seat again next year for the Verzi Effect podcast. Yeah. Um, all right, so here's the deal with the podcast, okay? Jason actually came down to my home, okay, which we didn't know if it was going to happen, but he came down to my home. He spent time with the family. The family loves this guy, okay, as do I. Kids love him. And um, Jason, as you guys know, also opens up for Bill Burr, and we became friends that way. We went uh, to Bill's after we hung out. We went to Bill's wedding, which uh, was just it was just a great, you know, private, small, amazing time. We had a good time, too good of a time. Last too good time. of a time. Monday hurt. Oh, did it? Jeez. Oh, oh man, oh. Monday was bad. Oh, I mean that was it was one of those where it was like everybody held it together until the after after party, and then it just got hazy. The doors were blown off. Cigars, whiskey, wine. I mean, it, it was... It was a good two-day hangover, folks. Oh, it was fucking... Oh, man. But anyway, so um, well, one thing we did, too, is... Oh, and I want to thank everybody. Um, you know, I had a lot of people. People had, that saw me and knew me from the stand said that they were going to come out to um, the Stress Factory. I performed at the Stress Factory with Sherrod Small... And then um, Lawhead got on the show and ended up hosting the shows on Saturday. Great time, packed out crowds, um, but a little stressful getting there. Yeah, that's why they call it the Stress Factory, because it takes three hours to get there from New York City, and it's only like a half hour away. Um, it was probably one of the most stressful times. I felt bad because Jay was in the car, Sherrod was in the car. We left, we gave my, I gave myself three hours to go an hour and a half. And the show started at 7.30, and we were in the Holland Tunnel in New York City at 6.50, showtime at 7.30. Everywhere we turned, we were in fucking traffic. It was ridiculous. I mean, you know, you would think that, uh, you, you think everybody was going to New Jersey. Like, the whole country no, was going to New Jersey. No matter where we went. Traffic wasn't as bad trying to get out of New York when Hurricane Sandy hit. That's how I mean, it was awful. It was everywhere. 87 was jammed. The the GW was jammed. The Holland Tunnel was okay. And that was the one thing that we got. 
But we were supposed to be there in an hour. And it took three hours. Um, and it looked like we were going to miss the show. We ended up getting to the show 10 minutes late. And the show had not even started because, um, A, it couldn't. It couldn't have started. <laughs> That's what I kept telling you. Don't worry. I mean, all three comedians are sitting in a car right now. What are they going <laughs> to? Yeah. And uh, no, and, and another thing that happened was uh, they give out some like raffles and they do stuff and they were busy and they were still seating. So nobody even kind of knew we were late. I mean, and, and it ended up working out. Really stressful, but great shows. Sherrod Small killed it. Uh, drew some really nice crowds for the weekend. We had a great time. And, um, you know, the stress factors. But when I tell you it is the most stressful thing when you're in traffic and you know how far away. Now, Lawhead was trying to be my voice of reason. And he's going, Verzi, you can't, you can't fly. There's nothing you can do. There's nothing you can do in this situation. But when you're driving... And you're in command of the fucking car and you have the other comedians with you and you're running late and you have to go all the way down to Jersey. And by some miracle, we ended up getting there. But it was one of the worst experiences. And uh, so I guess I guess the moral of this story is if you're performing at the Stress Factory, leave it too. Okay, if you live in New York and you're performing at the Stress Factory, leave it fucking 2 o'clock because uh, it takes f forever. And this is just another reason and example why I say I don't like Jersey and I know you guys give me shit. I don't hate Jersey because of the people. Well, that's a little bit. Mm. But no, no, I, don't, I just can't stand the driving. And uh, Jay, you were with me and you talked about the smell. Right? Oh boy, Jersey smells. I mean, I, I didn't know. I thought it was a joke. I did. I did. I thought it was a joke. I live in, New, you know, Los Angeles, and uh, so I'm used to the traffic. Like, that's why I was your voice of reason, because it's like, hey, I've been sitting in this for the last few years. It's just the way it is. You can't control that, but you can control the smell of a place, uh. and somebody vote for somebody in Jersey <laughs> that just if I was a if I was a politician in Ver Jersey I would be like hey vote for me cuz I'm going to try not to make it stink around here I don't know what to do but good lord that's awful no uh, it's 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 really bad and um is that know. Chris Christie farting all the time well, what <laughs> why does it smell so bad i it, you know why but in all in all honesty the reason why it smells so bad is the factories Okay, they got they got all those you know, they got all that shit coming out you know the blowing in the air. And then they got like swamps. a lot of, lot of dumps, right? Like yeah, a lot, lot of lot of dumps, like they a got, lot of the know, garbage. They're in a weeds and sea caucus. Sea caucus, <laughs> drop me in a marsh and sea caucus. But they got a lot of dumps out there too, right? Like just garbage dumps or stuff like that. Yeah, it's called. <laughs> yeah, it's called New Brunswick. Anyway, uh, I hate to see. Uh, anyway, oh, yeah. all right. So listen. Um, Yakety yak. We had a good time. Good and, time. Uh, oh, but one thing I wanted to mention was I mentioned to you guys that I was going to be taping my half hour because I taped it at the stand that one night and I wanted to get more shows. And I didn't have a cameraman until Saturday. Now, my manager says to me, and this is another reason why we were late, stop at the stand. I got a cameraman for you. Pick him up. Take him to New Jersey. He's going to tape the set. Throw him some money. Is that a problem? And I said, absolutely not. I'm taping something important. I'm going to be submitting it out for something. And um, let, me, let me do that. So this kid comes out. And I, unbeknownst to him, we're going to Jersey. So we're running late. I pick up. I scoop up Sherrod Small. And I go, where's the cameraman? Eating? He goes, I don't know. 
So finally, this kid comes out and goes, hey, what's going on, man? You want me to set up downstairs? And I go, no, no, no. We got to go to Jersey right now. We got to go to Jersey right now. And I was probably being a very short dick to him. And if I am, I apologize. And I already told him that. This fucking kid, his name is Ian Jensen. Okay? And he's an awesome dude. Great cameraman. Um, I believe he does stand-up as well. He smiled, laughed, goes, oh, we're going to Jersey? He could have been like, nobody told me I'm going to fucking Jersey. That's what I would have done. Yeah. I mean, I, th- there's no way. You said that when people told you you were going to Jersey. <laughs> like, we're going to fucking Jersey? Yeah, like, yeah, like. But we told you that, Paul. Yeah, I know, but we're going to fucking Jersey? <laughs> yeah, like, this kid was like, oh, we're going to Jersey. This should be fun. And just gets in the car, smile on his face, tapes the shows. Couldn't have been cooler. Okay, I mean, this guy thought he was going to stay at the stand, probably get laid and drink a beer. Yeah. <laughs> and instead, he's listening to the tension and the fucking stress and angst of a driver. And a, Jay, you kind of didn't give a fuck. Uh, of no, a, of, man, of, I wasn't of, getting paid. Of a, <laughs> I was the only one in the car not getting paid. <laughs> so anyway, Ian, if you're listening to this, dude, thank you so much. You were grace. You were gracious. You were cool. And... Um, you know, you would send me those tapes. Yeah, right? uh, <laughs> thanks for faking it, Ian. Uh, no, um, now I want to get into Lawhead. Okay, there's a lot that Jason and uh, you know we we didn't get to get to everything um, about Jason. Jason is um, a you know as you mentioned before, Jason is a, a native of the lovely state of Ohio. Mm-hmm. Uh, he lives right outside of Cleveland in uh, Lorraine. Right? Born and raised. Yeah, born and raised in Lorraine. Currently live in Los Angeles, but. Uh, we'll get to that. Nobody cares oh, about that wow. fake shit. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, you are, you are, you know what? It's a disgrace to Ohio to bring up Los Angeles while you're talking about it because that's how shitty. Uh, no, I'm just I agree. Uh, well, listen, listen, let, let's, let's, let's talk about your roots for a second. Jason is a, um, he worked at hilarities in Cleveland. I think we talked about that last time. He worked in hilarities at Cleveland and started doing stand up there. And, um, now when you were, when you worked the comedy club, at Hilarities, when you worked it, okay, when you were watching somebody on stage there, were you going like, all right, this guy does it that way, this guy does it that way? Were you were you kind of like, was this like a reconnaissance mission? Was this, was this like an undercover, like, yeah, because you were a good manager, I'm sure, but were you, was this a, like an undercover job where you fucking, you went in knowing this is what I'm going to do, I just want to get the lay of the land here? Yeah, partially. Uh, partially, partially. A lot of it was going in thinking like that, but also with the idea of thinking, am I, do I have the tool set to go? And I always wanted to be a comedian, so I went to that job kind of interested in the whole realm, but I also was a, you know, a good restaurant manager, and, and so I had some focus in the future about possibly owning my own joint, and, uh, which is kind of entertaining entertainment as, as well. I mean, if you're, you're going to run a successful restaurant or a successful bar uh, as an owner or someone out front, you kind of got to be a little bit of an entertainer and somebody that can uh, you know, make people want to come back. But when I went into that, it was kind of a, a recon mission is interesting a, a way to look at it. Uh, I went there looking like uh or looking at it towards the fact of do i have what it takes to put this investment and time in my life into this leave one thing that i've already got experience at that will uh possibly you know be my future or start brand new and in something that i don't know whether i can pull off or not um so in that respect i, I yes but i also was in just in life a student of the game 
quote-unquote the game, meaning whatever it was, sports, son of a coach. Uh, I look at something, I evaluate it, I break it down. I try to, you know, as a basketball player, you emulate things that your favorite players did. Your Larry Bird's, your Michael Jordan's, you, you want to have certain moves like that. You want to be able to, you know, pass like Bird and shoot like uh, Jordan and, and things like that. So when I looked at comics... I wanted to emulate certain things that I liked about guys that attracted me to comedy. So, yeah, I mean, there's, I mean, every comic has some type of, uh, um, what do you call it? Some type of, you know, they say uh, impression or or emulation or Im- imitation is the greatest flattery. Yeah, so I guess I did kind of go in with that kind of an idea, um, but I knew I had to grow into that, so to speak. Right, right. Well, you know what? And you were on the show, you know, before. And I want to get into it. We got a lot of other stuff to talk about. We got some funny stories to talk about today. Something that really pissed me off at a car dealership. We're going to get to a bunch of stuff. And, you know, so I'm not going to make this all about, about, about comedy because, you know, we got so many fun, so many funny topics to talk about. But um, you've been doing comedy nine years. Right? Yeah, going on 10. Going on Coming 10. Coming on 10 quick. And this is something we'll, we'll, we'll touch on this and then we, we will, we'll move into. Um, you know, uh, my house in the woods. What oh, you love could. your house in the so, woods. So listen, so this is what we're going to do. Um, I want to talk about this real quick. Now, I was told by um, a lot of people that, you know, you said something really... No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, I was told by people and headliners, and I heard that Chris Rock had said this, and I've heard that a lot of headliners have said this, that when you reach the 10-year mark, something happens to you. And I've heard that multiple times. I've heard it from headliners in Canada. I've heard it from, from like I said, Chris Rock has mentioned it. That's kind of what, uh, an ongoing theme that um, you get a little more carefree. You get a little more comfortable with who you are. Now, I'm going on like, I mean, I guess professionally I've been 10. But the first time I picked up a mic was like 13. And I feel like, you know, I'm scratching the surface of, you know, kind of just getting that. Now, do you, because I've known just from people that we've worked with and working with you and you saying, you know, you, you, me watching you, that you've really, over this little bit, have really kind of grown. So what I want, a lot of younger comedians listen to this podcast. And um, a lot of, you know, fans who, one thing that my, what I love about what I do on the Verzi Effect show and, and a lot of the comments that I get on iTunes is, wow, it really is an in-depth truth to what it's like behind the scenes of being a comedian and, and also with the private life and stuff. That's what I want this show to be very honest. So um, for, for any comedians that are listening that are whether they're five years in or two years in or nine years in, did you notice that transition? Did you notice like where you started to be more aware of who you were off stage and bring that on stage at this mark of your career as far as amount of years? Yeah, I think that uh, you get to that nine, ten year mark. I mean, I don't know if it's a, is it a formula? Is it, it has to be nine? Does it have to be 10, 11? I don't know. All I know is that uh, probably at the back end of seven years, uh, when I was, uh, you know, I started in Cleveland, cut my teeth there, went to San Diego, hung in that scene for a few years, owe a lot to a lot of people down there that uh, thought I was funny and put me on shows and, you know, um, made it easy for me to get stage time. And I think that uh, at the back end of that, at about, probably at the back end of seven years, starting to do better shows. It also helps to start to do better shows, too. Um, you see other guys that are five, seven, eight, ten years ahead of you, 
not caring. And when I mean not caring, we mean it in a way where carefree uh, with, right. with, within yourself, not, right. not meaning not caring about the craft or going up there. That's a, you have to always care about that. Being carefree is what I meant. And so that is a rub off. You get that rub off. And I think once you're about seven, eight years in, if you're doing and working hard and writing and, and, and developing your act and you're starting to uh, show that amongst other comedians, you get to work with other really good comics uh, those other things rub off. I mean, we've been lucky to work with Bill Burr. Um, I've been lucky to work with guys like Jimmy Schubert, John Caponera, who's a 30-year veteran, takes me out on the road sometimes to feature for him. Um, you know, uh, Sebastian Maniscalco, who is a quick... You, when you talk about a quick learn, Sebastian Maniscalco is one of those guys who's just about God, 15 one years in. of my favorites in. of all time. Yeah, and he's just about 15 years in, and he is really, um, you know, he's ahead of the curve, at my, in my opinion, at that, when he was at that, even at that, 12 year mark. Uh, I, I, I met Sebastian probably when he was at his, you know, 11 or 12 year mark. And uh, he was already ahead of that curve that we're talking about. So that rub off with those kind of guys taking you into certain kind of clubs and atmospheres and, and introducing you to the kind of crowds that are advanced enough to go see experienced comedians makes you a better comedian. And you have to work hard. You have to write, and that also, you know, promotes being more carefree because the confidence you have in yourself and going, what I'm writing is funnier, what I'm writing is a little bit more about what I want to say instead of what I think the audience wants to hear, there's a difference there. You, you start to become like when you're a first a comedian and you're writing jokes and you're performing, so much of your insecurities of just about being funny uh, you, you write to what you think the audience wants to hear. And then you begin changing that, that, that chameleon starts to become, I want to start writing about the things that I feel and the things I, that, no, the things that are real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The things that come out of me or, or, you know what I mean? And, and just, uh, things that I want to say now. And I, and, and now I have the confidence of the things I want to say are what the audience will respond to. Right, right. Yeah, no, and, and that's, that's, I mean, you just said it, though. No matter what people say, I think when they say the certain amount of years it takes, that means doing it with no shortcuts and doing it the right way and traveling and making no money and breaking even and shitting in a, sitting in a shitty condo and, and fucking taking a 15-hour, taking a 15-hour, you know, drive for nothing. So it's all that, and then all of a sudden, something really clicks. So um, I just wanted to ask you that and question. And it's watching other really good comedians that are that... And I, and I really love watching those comedians that are in my kind of uh, pocket of 10 years and a couple of years ahead of me and then even a couple of years behind me because you can see what guys are getting ready to break through through and you see what guys have broken through too. So that like 8 to 12 year comic veteran, when you're in the middle of that mix, you can learn a lot from all of those guys and girls that are doing it that long and seeing where they are measuring up against themselves. Like you made it, we were talking in the car about, I think Rich Voss, you said, said, this isn't about, you know, comedy is like golf. You're, you're, you're against yourself. You're not against everybody else that's out there. You know, it doesn't matter. You, you, I can, I can meet, I can be on the show with 15 guys that are all 10 year comics. Exactly. The amount told the same amount of jokes for 10 years that I have told. And it ain't about like, where they are in their career or where I am at. It's about you. It's you. It's you against yourself getting better and better and better. And uh, well, what somebody else does 
has nothing to do with you. Right. And that's the thing. A lot of comedians are like, why the fuck is that guy on TV and I'm not? Mm-hmm. Why is this? That has nothing to do with it. Right. You know what I mean? That has, that has nothing to do with where, where you're going to be. You're going to make your score lower. Golf is a great analogy. But, yeah, that's one great, you know, Rich Voss said to me, he goes, dude, I've done all these shows. I've done, you're, it doesn't matter. You're not competing against anybody but yourself. Just get better. So, and, I, and that's why I wanted to ask you that question for, for the amount of years you were in. Um, so anyway, so moving forward, uh, Jay's been, been hanging out, staying in New York, doing a lot of shows. Yeah, it was great, you know, to be able to come out to Bill's wedding and be able to connect it with some shows. Obviously, you, you definitely helped me get on some shows in New York City. So I was able to string a few gigs together. Uh, the people at Gotham were great. And There's, you saw a lot of deer. God. I'm telling you, you're it's like your house up in first off, it's a beautiful home. Oh, thank uh, you. You know, and going up where you're living, where in North Salem well, or where, where is that? Not not so much, but you know, yeah, like, you know, whatever, you know, uh, yeah, around that in, area. In, uh, trees. <laughs> you, live, yeah. you live in a lot of trees with a lot of deer. It's but, but the ride's worth it, right? The ride's worth it. It's unbelievable. It's uh, it's like it's like you know, exit to Narnia. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, I got you know. The crazy thing is when you get to my area, it's like you see the animals. Like you like there's hawks, there's cardinals, there's fucking there there's blue jays, there's deer, New Yorkers, there's, there's animals everywhere. <laughs> There's a bull. Yeah. There's, there's a, a bull. There's a bull. A guy up the street has a fucking bull. He's got horses. I've and talked he guards to the house like a dog. And the bull's out front just looking at you like a dog. You know how gangster... Like, that's the most gangster shit in the world to just be like, yeah, no. Nah, like, I mean, I think the guy does have Rottweilers and, sh- and Shepherds and shit, but that's not the cool... T- he has a bull. A horned like, fucking... Bull, like like a, a bull. A real bull uh, is running uh, around his front yard. A steer. <laughs> a longhorn. Yeah, he's got like a longhorn just hanging outside of his, you know, hanging outside of his house. Um, but, you know, Jay's been coming with me, taking the drive in and out of the city and getting to see kind of what I do by getting in the car and driving an hour and doing stuff and then taking a, a dark ride up at night, you know, and, and, and it's been it's been great. It's definitely been tiring. It's been so tiring that between Bill's wedding and doing that, turned down Monday night football tickets. I mean, who does that? That's yeah. how tired you are. And you guys know that I'm a sports fan. Lawhead is as big a sports fan as you'll ever meet. I can't believe that I turned down, we turned down Monday night. But in the shape we were in, I mean. Well, we also had a 11 and a half hour drive the next day, the next day. to Myrtle Beach. And doing a and, show that night. And, and it would have been the night, the day we got back, back banged up from Bill's wedding. It would have been that night going and then the next day driving. It would have been way too, I mean, you passed out at 9 o'clock. Yeah, I passed out like you know. I, it was unbelievable. I I have not. I haven't gone to bed that early since I was like in the seventh grade. I no, swear to God. It was it was just going to the game wouldn't have been, and it was a fucking horrible game. We're gonna get into sports after. We're gonna talk about some stuff because uh, Lawhead is one of these sports fans. I figured him out today. He doesn't care about the achievement or accomplishment if he hates the individual to the point where, if if if. If the, if the team or athlete has done him or his city wrong, or they're a rivalry of the team that he likes, the hatred is to a, a comical fucking level that I, I'm just like, oh, dude, how about that guy? That guy's killing it in the NFL. Yeah, he's a piece of shit. He played for fucking Notre Dame. I mean, he, he, he is. Just, he's a piece just, of shit. He's he played like, for Notre Dame. It's just so funny. Like, and I'm just like, yeah, no, I was just talking about what he's doing to Seahawks. No, he's, he comes from garbage. His family. He's, exactly. <laughs> like, There's all, all, everything. The whole lineage is garbage. Um... But that's something I want to talk about that really upset me, and Jay was with me for this, and this is this is going to be unacceptable for the week. 
Um, and it was a horrible experience that I had in a car dealership. And uh, Jay was my voice of reason for a little bit. But here's what happened, everybody. Okay. I was on the road and my tire got blown out. Okay. I was driving. I was driving the, uh, I almost feel bad fucking saying the dealership. Should I or no? I mean, if it's unacceptable in a week, it would be unacceptable not to uh, right. say the dealership. All right, fuck it. It was never, a neat... You're never shopping there again. All right. Yeah, well, I might have. They give me a deal. Yeah, well, they give me a deal, <laughs> I will. I'm coming down. <laughs> oh, talking about that. Because <laughs> I'm coming down there. It's an inside joke, everybody. But here's, here's what happened, okay? I take the truck to Nissan, and one of my tires blew out. Okay, I'm not going to mention which neighborhood I was. I was in a neighborhood in Westchester, um, and I go in there, and there was already some kind of... Oh, no, no, something happened beforehand. I went in there. I, I had ordered a tire. I ordered the tire, and then... When I went the day of, they go, oh, we got you to tire for Friday, 2 o'clock. So I get there. I had a common, I had a common courtesy to call up. Oh, no, no, that was, no, no. Anyway, I'm sorry. I, I go up there. I get there. And the guy goes, right when I walk in, oh, we got some bad news for you. And I go, well, in my mind, okay, how come you didn't call me? The tire's not here yet. So I'm running around on a fucking donut. Luckily, the, the, the Nissan tires on the trucks are really good good ones. They're expensive. They're hard to find. So the donut, it's not like one of those donuts that could go 70 miles. The donut could go 3,000 miles. But the guy didn't call me to say, more oh, like a bagel. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, it's more like, a, it's more like a bagel or a hard roll. Yeah. No, so anyway, the guy goes like this. He goes, come back in two days. It'll be here in two days. I'm sorry. Didn't call me or nothing. I take that on the chin. Very unapologetic, right? Very unapologetic. I was with you on that one. Very unapologetic. You take it on the chin. Sometimes that happens. Sometimes you go, that happens. Whatever so, you go, hum. So yeah. I'm like, all right, you know what? This happens. Guy wasn't cool. Jay had mentioned, yeah, that was a little weird. I felt it. You know when you feel bad service or you know somebody doesn't give a shit. That's what I felt. And I am, um, I leave. The day to come to get the tire, I call up. I say, I want to make sure the tire is in. Is the tire? Yep, it's in. How long is it going to take? How long is it going to take? Ah, about 15, 20. And one tire. One tire. We didn't order anything else. We just got one tire. You pull the car in. You put it up on the rack. You take off a tire, a donut, <laughs> and then you put a tire back on. Uh, yeah, if you could, you could hear the angst in Jay's voice because it, it gets bad, people. This is what happened, all right? 15, 20 minutes are coming. Great, I'll be there. As a matter of fact, I, I call back. I say, I'm running 15 minutes late. I'm, I'm, coming, I'm coming there, okay? Now, we're about to arrive there right around 4 o'clock, and he tells me 15, 20 minutes. My son needs to be picked up from daycare at 5 o'clock. So we get to this dealership, and already, just from when Before we, 4. Yeah, probably like 5 to 4, we pulled into the... Pulled into they the take the car immediately. They take the car immediately, Get there about five to four, and we're walking around. Mind you, I have my 17-month-old little girl with me who was sleeping in the car, and I brought her in the car seat, and we went in there, and I, she got up, and she was walking around, and I gave her some water and stuff, and we're waiting there with her, okay? And she's being very good. She's being very patient. And the guy, I hear the guy at the desk say to one guy who had just answered the phone, hey, hey, I told you, just keep them on hold. Okay, just just say, hey, stay on hold and let him. He goes, let him sweat it out. And he just looked at me and laughed. And I'm going, okay, so this guy's trying to make a joke at me about shitting on a customer who's calling for service. And he's laughing about, yeah, we just leave him on hold and let him sweat it out. Okay, so you're left. So what are you doing to me? Right. What the, what, so what are you doing to me and every other customer, okay? And he was one of these like fat, self-entitled fucking, you know, he was just one of these. Real fat. 
Yeah, yeah. And like, like the fat that you don't feel bad for. Like the fat where you go, how did you get that fat, dude? Really? Yeah, and, and like, you know what's funny? I mean, I don't want this guy, if this guy ever listened to this, it would be fucking awful and hilarious. Right. But, um, you know, so I'm just like, I just was like, all right, whatever. So I'm waiting, and I'm waiting. 15 minutes, 20 minutes. Now 25, 30 minutes, and I looked at my watch, and I know, okay, it's 10 minutes over what they told me. So I'm waiting, and I go, yeah, you guys know how much? Yeah, they're putting it up. They're just making sure that the air... They're just making sure that the air balances out. So I'm waiting, and all of a sudden, I see the mechanic come in and say, well, listen, he's getting a brand new tire on that side. The other tire is not going to have the tread of that tire, and it could off-bounce it. And I hear that guy go, that's all right, just go in there. And I, and I walk over, and I go, hey, is, are you guys talking about my truck? I swear to God, he goes to me, I'm not, I'm not making this up. This fucking guy goes to me, yeah, maybe. What's it worth to you, huh? huh? And trying to laugh, and I'm like, well... What's it worth to me? She just said that I may need fucking, like, this is going to off-balance my car, and is, is it going to affect my car? It's a big fucking deal. Yeah, I got two kids I put in car seats every day. I don't want to roll this thing. Yeah, all right? Or I could put your fucking fat gut yeah. under the fucking... How about the two spare tires you swallowed? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I'm, so, I yeah, know, it's all right. It's no problem. So I said, listen, I go, is it okay? Is it going to, oh, it'll be okay. So then why are you bringing it up? So anyway, I go back, and she goes, yeah, we're putting it back together. It'll be out. Listen, it'll be out in two minutes. It'll be out in two minutes. We're just putting everything back. Okay, now we're at about now we're at about 35, 40 minutes I've been there. So now I'm there 20 minutes over, and I start looking at my watch, okay? And my son's got to be picked up soon, and I'm about a seven-minute drive from where I was to my son's daycare. So I walk over. Five minutes later, now we're at 45 minutes. They're not caring, and now I start joking around because I'm upset and they don't seem to care. So I go, like, what's it? What's the guy changing the tire? I have one fucking arm. What's going on? And Jason, so what'd you say? I said, what, are they filling that thing with a hairdryer? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what is he using his mouth to inflate the thing? Now, I don't know if us joking. Okay, first of all, we're comedians, and we were joking to make the situation Light, lightened because my daughter's running around. She's gonna, about to get restless and hungry. Right. Okay. Uh, you're expecting 15, 20 fucking minutes, and now it's, it's, we're going on 45 minutes now. So we start joking. Now, I don't know if the guy got upset with that. He didn't seem to be, but he got quiet when we did because he was the guy that liked to be the joker. He was the guy that liked to fucking probably put someone in their place. That's sure. the sense I got of from course. it. You got the sense from this guy. He wanted to put you in your place or whatever. So now that we're joking, like, what are they doing? He gets all quiet. Good. Fuck it. It felt, it felt satisfying to do that, you know? Mm -hmm. So then we're walking around. And uh, they go two minutes. Now we put my daughter back in the car seat and we're waiting. And she's waiting. So I'm like, oh, they said a couple of minutes. It should be any minute. And now fucking 10 minutes went by and my daughter's starting to get antsy. Now do I have to take her out of the fucking car seat or can I just get ready? So I finally walk over to the manager of that service section. And I said, uh, hey, man, like I got to pick my daughter up at five o'clock. Like what? Son. They, they, they told me. Yeah. I gotta pick. I gotta pick my daughter, my, my son up at five o'clock. My daughter's getting restless. You know what's going on? And uh, they told me a couple of minutes. Well, you know they're just probably trying to bounce it. Out. I'll go see and check. So someone goes in and sees and checks, and they're asking and nothing. And this fucking manager just sat there with a stupid look on his face, okay, and just waited. Now I'm going. This is unacceptable. And they see the joking stop, and I'm looking around. And now I I look at Jay, and Jay's getting pissed off because Jay's seen that a not only are they rude. Okay, but they're not caring about the fact that they fucking told me something that they were 40 minutes late on. Okay, and I have to get my son. So I look at Jay, I go, Jay, what time is it? And you go, 5.01. And I look and I go, I got to get my son. And now I start cursing in there. I go, this is like, not like at them, but like they could hear me go, this is fucking unbelievable. This is ridiculous. All right. 
And they're just waiting and they're waiting. And I go, you know, someone's got to get the car. I got to get my son. Nobody cares. They're being all quiet. Okay. I have to take my daughter out again so she could run around. Jay's watching her. All right. Unaccept. It's fucking unacceptable. I lease two cars from this fucking place. Okay. I got a, I got a, I got a Nissan Maxima and I got a, and I got a Nissan Murano truck. All right. I got two cars from these fucking people and they're sitting there laxed. Like they don't give a shit. I got kids and my son needs to be picked up. So finally we get in the car. And I call the manager. I, 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 meanwhile, if you don't get your son by 5 o'clock, the daycare starts charging oh, you extra time. Oh, that's another thing. There you go. So now, if, if the daycare, if I'm, it's a few minutes late, the daycare is cool. But if I get over my 5 o'clock, the daycare can just fucking, when, when they bill us. And by the way, for you parents listening to this and everybody who has children, you guys know daycare is not cheap. Daycare is easily over $1,000 a month, okay, for one kid. And my son doesn't even go five days a week. He goes four days a week, okay? So now they could charge me that. The so, meter running meters running and I'm livid okay not to mention my little I mean my luckily where my little boy is there's so many kids he doesn't know luckily he doesn't know it's not like he's like the last kid waiting as a matter of fact the most of the kids get picked up at six so he's still playing but the teachers know and all that shit and I don't want to be late and irresponsible so I go I get my son at about eight after no 11 after five o'clock and I told my son, I strapped him in. I said, I love you. How you doing? And I give Jay, because the funny thing is, <laughs> Jay, no, like when, when you're in a car with my kids, you get, parents know you got to have snacks. I mean, snacks. It's, you were joking around. It's like, it's like going to the bullpen. <laughs> Jay, it's like, all right, you got the Cheez-Its is the lefty. Yeah. You got the fuck, you got the middle relief, which is the, the Cheez-Its. Yep. Okay, the closer is the fruit snacks, right? Yeah. Well, no, the close. <laughs> yeah, would you say the closer? I would think that the pretzels are like the specialist. You just like, <laughs> no, no, he get, yeah, like if you need, yeah, if like you know, if, if there's the, runners on bay, if you're in a jam, <laughs> you need a specialist out there. Lions, Lions joke with me going, Versy's getting predictable. He's I getting think predictable. He's, he's going to that cheese. It's uh, early. <laughs> he's going to the cheese. It's a little early. It might know, be predictable. I'll tell you, this Nissan really shook up uh, his decision making here. So, so I told my son. I told my son, I go, Lucas, you got to be quiet. Daddy needs to call. I almost said daddy needs to call and yell at somebody. But I go, daddy needs to talk to somebody. It's very important. So Jay just had him loaded up with Cheez-Its, pretzels, and fruit snacks while I get this manager. Just throwing them inside constantly. <laughs> just just keeping them off the plate. You know what I mean? Just keeping these kids off the plate. Just throwing them Cheez-Its inside. Just, you know. Yeah. Changing speeds. So, 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 Jay, so I get on the phone and I go, I need to talk to a supervisor right away. Guy goes, I'll get the head of the thing to call you right away. Guy gets on the phone and was awesome. Okay, but first of all, unacceptable for the week is bad service without really caring until you have to get to the top of the fucking list in order for them to care. It's unacceptable. I think it's a problem in America. It's a problem in America. Okay, I travel all over the place. People don't give a shit anymore. Well, look at it, Congress. You know, that's all you got to do. You look at what uh, Congress is doing. I mean, just how they put that's their service. They're supposed to be. They're our service department. Let me tell you something. I was in Cincinnati, Ohio at Go Bananas with Bill Burr one time, and we went into a Nordstrom's, all right? And the Nordstrom's was so nice, and, and the service was so good. The funny thing is, while we're walking, Burr made fun of me. I go, I could live here. Like, that's how, the, the service at this Nordstrom was so good, and it was so clean. I could live in Cincinnati. That, that's it. it made me feel like that. There was an old man there with a sweater. Guy must have been, I might have talked about this before, but this guy must have been 75 years old, okay? And picture your dad 
working. Picture your dad working at a place where that has nice clothes, okay, and nice things in there, and and people coming up to him and asking him questions about what he thinks. It was like that. Jay's dad is a legendary. He'd pour you a glass of wine. And yeah, tell yeah, you yeah. What he thought. Like he'd pour you, hey, have your little peanut. This suit goes well with a peanut noir. <laughs> <laughs> this suit goes well with a good peanut. Yeah. No, so. This guy is like, oh, well, this shirt's gonna, f- this shirt is like this. This one you could get like this. And I'm looking around and I'm going, this, this is it. This is an old school guy. This guy makes you feel. First of all, I'm buying two fucking cars from you. Like th- that alone. That alone. Is there anything you could do? I'm really sorry about this. They knew I was so pissed off. Yeah, sorry about that. Like it was just like, it was almost like, sorry about that, but take it. Go fuck yourself. That's what it was like. And, and it was, it was, it was. I really- thought we were on a hidden camera show. Yeah, it, I, I thought we were getting punked for a while. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? I've never been treated this rude, and I'm not even the customer. Yeah, and I said to Jay, I go, Jay, I know you're coming from California. Is it me, or is it... And he goes, no, this is insanely rude. He actually noticed it more before me, because I was just worried about my daughter, and he's like, this is ridiculous. So I get on the phone with the, I get on the, phone with the head guy, and he calls me up, and I say, look, not only were you guys unapologetic, all right, not only that, but you got... It just, it was a very, very... Um, rude, um, just inconsiderate situation. Uh, nobody was really feeling what we were feeling. I was late to pick up my son. I could be charged. And this guy was like, well, this is going to stop. This is going to change. I hate to hear this with my shop. I mean, I told him, I said, I'm not, I'm not buying from you guys anymore. You know, like I, I, I'm not, I mean, I'll go to Toyota. I'll get a fucking, I don't care, but I'm not, I'm not going to Nissan anymore because I was treated this way. And this guy is like, I am so sorry. This shouldn't happen. You get the bill from your daycare and whatever your bill for the daycare is, I'll take care of, you know, so cool like that. Yeah, but you had him on speakerphone in the car, and he was. He was professional and cool, but, you know, you still don't. That doesn't excuse the way you were treated because that's that could also be one of those, like, hey, just hit the tape recorder and tell this guy what he wants to hear, and it doesn't mean that the next time you go in there that shit's not going to happen or a similar situation or a similar type of behavior will happen. I, I hope for that guy's sake that he, he maybe, you know, some heads roll over that place, and it's not like you're trying to get anybody in trouble. But Jesus Christ, man, what, where is it? You know, where has it gotten at this point? You know, it's like, you know, the sir, it's just unbelievable. Like, I'm not ordering a burger from a shitty fast food place that the employee doesn't give a fuck. They're making eight twenty-five an hour, and they could give a shit about me or my burger or my appetite. Right. It's not that you're talking about a car dealership. That I bought, I'm leasing two vehicles off of you. And when those vehicles are up, if things were good, by the way, we've had Nissans for a long time. My wife's had Nissan trucks for a long time. You know, I had I had Toyotas and shit. And you know, and I'm still being respectful. I'm not going to sit here and call out the town I was in. I'm not going to call out where I was. Okay. Can I? A, no, a Nissan dealership did me really wrong. And you, uh, what's the sticker on Nissan Maxima stickers? Thirty three. $33,000, and I believe the sticker on the Murano is, is $40-something thousand dollar car. These are, these are, these, so you're talking about I'm leasing. My wife and I are leasing and making payments on something that's probably over $70,000, yeah. easily over $70,000, and I walk in, and you said to me, 15, it's one tire. Hey, listen, it wow. wasn't, listen, I bet you four tires at a good place takes 35 minutes. Yeah. Okay, four tires at a good fucking place. One tire, they had it in stock, okay? They were ready ready for you. They were ready for me, okay? The car went right in. You gave them two days extra. Awful, awful. And then uh, almost an hour and five minutes, 
from 15 minutes and and it was a nightmare of an experience and nothing no, and so so here's the last two experiences I had there. Oh, I'm sorry. You I got bad news for you. Your car, are you happy and to tell me? Nobody apologized. Nobody like walks out to the car to go, Mr. Verzi. We're really sorry this took this long. This doesn't normally happen. We just may be there. There wasn't a reason. Is there? There s- wasn't a reason yeah. why that took that long. Yeah, yeah. And they had a little cooler of drinks, and like normally they would be like, like, like I understand the drinks are for you. You could get water and coffee, and you could get drinks. But you would think that somebody would walk up to us. Now listen, I'm not some prima donna who needs uh, treatment like that. Although I love it, but no, 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 I'm, I'm not. I am now. <laughs> yeah, like after that, I know why people act a certain way. I really do. Because when you're spending good money, this is unacceptable. It's unacceptable. It's not caring. And I should have known when the guy goes, ah, just leave him on hold. Let him sweat it out. If you're, you're saying that to a, a customer who bought a car from you, these guys aren't buying fucking uh, French fries. This is a car. This is a car. And the whole thing, from the tire balance, from the me not knowing if my kids were going to be safe because of what that lady said, to the guy fucking telling me 15, 20 minutes, and it's an hour and five minutes, to being late for my son, to no apologies, unacceptable. It, it's, it's, it's why things are fucking awful right now, because people just want to collect a fucking paycheck. This is the laziest, this is the same reason why, and I know I sound like a fucking old man, but I, you know what? I'm starting to see when you do responsible shit. And you try to fucking do things right and get things done. I'm starting to see why we're the fattest country in the fucking world. Why nobody gives a shit. Why we're... It's ridiculous. It's fucking ridiculous. And that was the first time I was like, you know something, man? I don't bother... I'm not upset at people that complain about service anymore. I used to look at them as snobs. You know, when you're little and you see that, you're like, why are they... They're just trying to do their job. You know, sometimes they're not doing their fucking job. They're not. Unacceptable. Unacceptable for the week is what they did to me, my family... Okay, it's unacceptable. Me? You I made me wait around. You know what's funny? I said to the guy at the, I said to the guy at Nissan, I go, and I got a friend in from Los Angeles who said he's never seen that at a dealership. Yeah. Just to just to I, throw it in a different perspective. I told out loud just to make them see we were walking around waiting for that thing. I, I, I told Verzi, I go, hey man, I got a flight to catch next week. <laughs> when are we getting out of here? I gotta I, I, I gotta get to Los Angeles by November. Yeah. Uh, it's 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 you know, I've heard of... Listen, I'm used to being lied to by the salesman, but not the service guy. Let's go. I mean, geez, oh, man. I mean, you know. <laughs> oh, man. So that, that was, that's unacceptable for the week. I know that was a long unacceptable, guys, but I'm going to tell you something. You know, and it felt good. Here, do this. Do this. It felt good to fucking, when you see some, because you guys know, you guys know I'm spiteful. I mean, I'm a spiteful. If you hurt me, I want to kill you. So... I loved doing the jokes. I almost wish we went harder with jokes now because I, I I don't know if that's what... But I almost wondered if when we were joking around after the guy was 30 minutes late, I almost wonder if he went back there and goes, yeah, these guys are joking back there about you. Take a little longer. Yeah, I'm sure he did. You think because he did? Because think the he really way did? he treated that one guy on the phone where you know he was putting him on hold and he was telling his other buddies, make him sweat it out. That's the attitude, that guy's. I think he did. We talked about that in the car. I think he made him go. I thought he went back there. Hey, make this guy wait it out a little bit more. See if his daughter shits her pants. Maybe he has to change his diaper in the showroom. Yeah, well, you know what? If she shit her pants and we started crying, that fat that. fuck was going to eat it. Yeah, well. Yeah, well, I mean, he probably I mean, enjoy yeah, it. I mean, I was going to say, I mean, don't, <laughs> don't reward the guy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, everybody, that uh, that that's unacceptable for the week. I'm sorry that Jay had to actually, you know, sit there, but he's a good friend. He's a good friend. Um, 
Okay, something else happened. We got a funny New York story for you guys. Okay, this was another great one. All right, this is, you know what I like about this podcast? Normally, you know, we're talking car dealerships. Now I'm going to get into this homeless guy. It's a little unorthodox, which I like. I like it. I like it because, you know what, we did a little comedy up top. What are we going to do? Sit here and go, oh, so when you get the light, do you fucking, how do you know you're running it? Yeah. Although I'll tell you when you are. But no, no, no. So we're on a street, okay, in New York City. And if you guys are ever in New York City, and you want to get something really good to eat. And if it's you're a about- food truck fan. Some people are, some people aren't. Some people don't trust food trucks. I like food trucks. Well, here's the thing. the stand When the stand's kitchen closes, which on the weekend is like sometimes 1.30, yeah, you know, on a Saturday. Yeah, so once 2 o'clock rolls around, if you're catching a couple of pops and you're out with your buddies and you get hungry, yeah, sure, it's New York City. You could get diners, you could get pizzerias, but the, the, the chef... Over at the stand goes, no. And she knows. She's a food. She's a, she goes, listen. She's been on Hell's Kitchen or something like d- that. She's right? going on Hell's Kitchen. And yeah. she said to me one night, she said to me, she goes, listen, if you want to get really, you know, good food at a food truck, man. She goes, the guy on 14th Street is, is great. So I went there months before you went went there one time. And it's a Bangladeshian guy. Great. I've had full-fledged conversations with him where I kind I understand, like, the outline of the conversation. Guy looks like Gandhi with a hairnet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he does. He's amazing. He's yeah, awesome. the guy looks like Gandhi with a hairnet, and he's chopping up lamb and chicken. And you go to this place, and there's a line sometimes of people. It's right by the subway. And you're in there, and you're standing outside. You're talking to him. I have great conversations with him where I know the outline of the conversation. The 14th I don't know. and 3rd Avenue? It's 14th and 3rd Avenue. It's on the corner. Now there's two. So you got to go to the guy that looks like Gandhi with a hairnet. Yeah. But you can get a uh, combo over rice, pita, uh, a pita bread with uh, chicken, pita bread with lamb, or you could get the whole fucking thing. So what I usually get is I get the combo, lamb, chicken, on pita, wrapped up, white sauce, spicy spicy sauce, white sauce. He wraps it up, okay? With a soda, four bucks. With a can of soda and a big pita. Like this is not, like this is a big pita. Wrapped up with a ton of shit, white sauce, hot sauce. It's like a meal. It fills you up. And a can of Diet Coke, $4. Yeah. And the guy is unbelievably cool and nice. So we go there, and we're hanging out. So it's me. Efficient, too. He's chopping up orders on the flat top. He's taking orders right. five, six deep. Yeah. Before you know it, he's, he's like, sending up boxes. This food's done with the... You're yeah. just... And this it's guy's amazing. Like a, this guy's like a chess player. He sees people walking up the street, so he starts ch- chopping up and dicing lamb and chicken. So you think it's yours. And he remembers you. Oh, like, yeah. if you're three, four nights later, we'll go, and he remembers, oh, you want that again? Yeah, I want that again. Remember, remember... He, start, he, he sees your face. He starts chopping the chicken and the lamb up before you even order it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So th- this guy has the shit, man. So 14th and 3rd. You'll get a great, you'll get a great meal. You, and, it, and it has that, authentic, you feel that culture of where he comes from. It's great. It's great. So we're on the street corner and it's me, Pete Davidson, Pete's buddy, Brian or Ryan, I think, and, um, and Lawhead. So it's, it's us four and we're sitting there. We're like, where should we, you know, we're, we're going to go to this food truck. We go to the food truck, we get food and we're like, where should we eat it? Like, no, I usually park right in front on the 14th street, put my hazards on and you find something to lean against. Yeah, like you that's, lean against it. It's almost like, against, yeah, and it kind of makes up. you feel like when you were a little kid with your buddies playing like stickball and you got like the ice cream truck came and you're just standing around, right? Yeah, it really is. It, it really made you feel like that. It's like the adult ice cream truck. It's yeah. like, 
the adult ice cream you truck. Just, and you just you, get it and eat it right there, right w- next to the truck. You eat it next to the truck, and you, you, you find a place, and if there's a crate, whoever gets to sit on the crate first, and you're sitting there, and it, it's really lit up, and people are walking up and down the street. It's, you've got an alive feeling, even at 3 in the morning. That's yeah. another cool thing. It's even all, the people that aren't at the truck, there's traffic, foot traffic going past the truck. And a lot way. of people who leave games come there. So I see like a lot of San Francisco Giants fans, a lot of football fans, because what they do is when they travel to New York to see that game, they, when the people that stay in that area, the subway's right there. So at night, you're eating this stuff off this truck and everyone's going, oh, who won the game? You know, they'll yell out who won the game. And it's just a cool camaraderie thing. So we're all standing there. And this, this fucking homeless guy walks up to us and goes, um, this homeless guy walks up and he goes, hey, you guys, and I'm not, I'm, I'm, we're not exaggerating. This is what he said. He walks up. He's all fucked up looking. Very tattered. Um, you yeah. know, dirty the, jeans, the, dirty the, you know, shirt. He's got sh- a half of, of a plastic cup of probably vodka and cranberry. Well, yeah, it was some red drink. And he comes up and he staggers over and he goes, Hey, guys, guys, can one of you guys... Do you guys know how to get to Los Angeles from here? His, <laughs> Los so, Angeles. So this guy, Los Angeles. We're on the street in New Not York. Queens. So drunk home. You guys know how to get... So I think one of us might have said, yeah, you go to 16th and you take a hard left. Yeah, you're going to stay on it for a while. <laughs> Keep going. No, so we're just laughing. And then he goes, you guys, you guys seem like good guys. You guys seem like good guys. Listen, I, I'm, I'm an alcoholic. My name's Danny. And I'm an alcoholic. That's what he says. My name's Danny, and I'm an alcoholic. Now, I'm thinking, all we're thinking is, we're going to get some spiel, right? and he's going to want money. Not the case. So we're standing there, and then he goes, uh, I, I was wondering if you could help me out here for a second. So I go, I go, dude, I go, and he's talking to us and telling us a story. Yeah, he looks over. Very engaging. Yeah, very yeah, yeah. And he looks at Pete's friend, and he goes. sensibility to him a little what, bit. What did he say to Pete's friend? He's no, scared. first he goes, hey, first he asked us a question about. Colin. No, 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 no. Oh, no, first, no, yeah, 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 you're right. So he's standing there and he goes, uh, hey, yeah, you guys, you know, you guys look like nice guys, you know. You, you guys look like nice guys. This guy here, he said, the one guy who wasn't talking, Pete's friend, he just looks at him and goes, this guy here, you, you, you're quiet. I can tell you're smart. You're a smart this guy. This guy's smart. He, he, I can tell just by looking at you, you're smart. You're smart. And we're just like, what's this guy going for right now? <laughs> So listen, so now I, then it gets to the point where I see all of my friends start retreating. And it's getting to the point where, like, we're not getting anywhere with this guy. He's kind of making us uncomfortable. Plus, we have these hot, piping hot pitas with fucking delicious food in it. I don't want this fucking dirty. I'm not trying to be a dick. I don't want this guy breathing on my fucking food. Right. So then I go to him just to get him out. I go, dude, do you want a dollar? And here's where it gets funny. He goes, nah, nah, I don't want anything from you. Listen, and, and now we're like, what? <laughs> so now the guy takes out a little piece of paper. And this is kind of where it gets sad. Takes out a piece of paper, and it's got a phone number on it. And he goes, listen, um, I don't have many friends, you know, not too many people in my life will help me, but I think this guy will help me. So can he, you, he likes me. This guy this, here, this, I think he likes me. I, th- I think he'd help me if, if I, you know. So, he goes, yeah. I don't want anything for you. I just want you to call. Can you call this guy? And so just now, tell him where I'm at. So then I go like this. I go, what do you want me to tell a guy? You know, so now like Pete and Jason and Ryan, now it's I'm alone kind of. Yeah. And I'm going, I, I I don't know. Nobody wants to call. No, I just, you know, if you give him a call, you tell him where I'm at. Maybe he, he, might, he, like, he might help me. You yeah, know? He, he might help me. And I go, listen, dude, here's the deal. I go, I'll give you... I go, I go, I don't, I don't feel comfortable. I don't feel comfortable just putting this stranger's number. I don't know who it, plus, I don't know if this guy's nuts. This guy could have had somebody call 
that number all day. I don't fuck. Maybe it's somebody going, listen, yeah, he's fucking nuts. I don't know. So I'm going, I don't feel comfortable having this phone number in my phone, but I will give you a dollar. You take a dollar. And then he looks up and he thinks about it and he goes, all right, I'll take the dollar. And then Lloyd goes, Lloyd. Well, Take the dollar already. I mean, what are we negotiating? I mean, here? this is the first time in my life in all the cities I've ever been where I had to sell a dollar to a homeless guy. <laughs> Like, I had to sell a dollar to a homeless guy. Mr. Law is going, dude, take, take the, the dollar. I said, take the dollar, go to a payphone, say you're me. You got my permission. Say you're me saying, hey, Danny needs some help. Uh, he said you might like him, and uh, you might, here's where he's at. And he just kind of like, hey, Shay, thanks, guys. Yep. Hey, you guys are all right. You, you guys, guys are, are all right. Nice. And like, I mean, the guy, but here's the sad part, and this was sad. This man genuinely didn't want money from us. No, he, he was, was reaching out. He was. He was crying for help. He had hit his bottom. He admitted that he was an alcoholic. He didn't know what to do next. And, and I did feel bad. You know, you feel bad. But like you say, you don't know you're gonna put this is a, in this day and age with stolen identities and cell phone. I'm not. I can't. You know. Listen. I, I don't go to. You know. Maybe go to a police station and ask him. Hey, can you call this number for this guy? Because I don't know what else to do. My life is ruined. I, I don't know. But I'm not calling that number. I wonder if I up the number. <laughs> I wonder if I just went, dude. Listen, I'll give you twenty. Well, he'd probably be like, okay, I'll take 20. <laughs> I'll take, take 20. Just, yeah. just, don't bother calling. <laughs> Forget calling. Forget, I was, I, yeah, Forget it was, calling. I'm actually going to just, just be working this angle the rest of the time. Yeah, but, you know what I mean? It's just like, uh, I, but you feel bad for a guy. But what are, he was a nice guy. You know what? He was a nice guy. He clearly had a drinking problem. He had a half a glass of, you know, a clear glass of red, you it know, like, something. Like cranberry juice. I mean, like, well, there had to be vodka and cranberry. I mean, he had, he, the guy was drinking some, some, I thought it was actually, though, I, I thought that it was like red, almost looked like a Kool-Aid red instead of that, but whatever. He was drunk. He was clearly drunk. He was clearly disheveled and didn't want to take money. He wanted us to call out for help for him. Um, and then he ended up taking the dollar. But first time I ever had to do that. And uh, we've been laughing about it. So now me and Lawhead are uh, down here in Myrtle Beach performing together at the um, Carolina Comedy Club. And every time we run into each other or every time we kind of walk out of our rooms and see each other, like, you seem smart. This you, guy, you, you, you guys you, seem yeah, like good guys. You seem like a smart guy. Yeah, this, this, you, this, you seem smart. You, you're a nice guy. I can tell this guy's smart. He's quiet. Uh, so that, that was the homeless story. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Now we're going to get into a little bit of sports, okay? Um, Lawhead and I are going to see like three movies down here. So uh, I will, I'll be reviewing those on another one. And uh, maybe we'll do another sports podcast. Maybe, we'll do, maybe I'll do this. If we get time, Lawhead and I, will, I'll do a bonus podcast where we don't do anything. There's no unacceptables. It's just going to say bonus sports. And what we're going to do is we're just going to talk, you know, anywhere from a half hour on, however long, and we'll just talk sports and put it on there. Maybe I'll do that. I don't know if we're going to have time, but we'll do that. But real quick. I just want to talk about my prediction. I made a prediction for the New York Giants last week, everybody. And I got to look, I know I got a long road to go. I said they're going to win four out of their next five. It was an ugly game against Minnesota, but they ended up pulling it off. Uh, I should have been sleeping for the second half like Jay was after fucking Burr's wedding the next day. But I I stayed up and I watched until two minutes left because I knew it was done. Um, Look. Pierre Paul looked like he stepped up a little more. Defensive line looked like it it, it, it really played faster. Um, didn't look great. No team. I mean, the, the, the Vikings had, I mean, uh, Vikings looked awful. Josh Freeman, I mean, I, yeah, it's not Josh Freeman's fault. They threw him into a situation way too early because he doesn't know the offense. And you could tell because he was not on the same page with the It doesn't look like the offensive coordinator knows the offense over there. I mean, that's, <laughs> yeah. They're bad. No, they're the bad. Vikings stink. 
mean, AP had, what, 28 yards rushing? No, the Giants stopped uh, Adrian Peters. Every time Adrian Peterson got the ball, the Giants tackled him either two yards behind the line of scrimmage or two yards in front of it, which was amazing. Um, I'll say this, though. One thing I loved about the broadcast, and I, I did joke, and I know, you like, I know you like Gruden. Gruden says things that are so obvious and, and weird to me that I just – it's almost to the point where I shake my head because I go – I mean, they're, they're, they're terrible. No, what did he say? He goes, I mean, this guy. No, he, what did he say about the offense? He goes, I'm feeling the Giants tonight. And then, like, two minutes later, he's like, they're just not. And I'm going, come on, John. You got to pick a fucking. I got to tell you, this team here is a goddamn joke. Yeah, no, no. But one thing I love Tariko did during the Monday night broadcast, Tariko goes, I mean, this is just two bad teams. <laughs> And it was it was great, and it, and it was true. But listen, if the Giants, the Giants, the last seven seasons of Giants football, they've had four game winning streaks. In each of the last seven seasons, the New York Giants have pulled together four game winning streaks. And look, you never know if it's this year. I'm not saying they're going to make noise. We got Philadelphia in Philly, which is a short road trip for us. Mm-hmm. About a, a about a buck thirty. Well, not if you go to Nissan, but about a buck thirty if you go down ninety-five, and if we could end up getting that one and go two and six, especially after keeping it close against Chicago uh, a week before the Minnesota game, then they could start building some confidence. What do you think, Jay? They get to four and six. Well, that division is just up for grabs, and like I told you last night, the one good thing about the Giants' situation, if you can find a good good thing about being one and six. Looking up at what four and three Dallas right now is that who's the head Dallas of the division? Dallas is ahead, yeah. Four and three Dallas. You're looking up. You got Eli Manning, and you're looking up at three quarterbacks that have never won anything. Okay, so as the season progresses, albeit Tony Romo's had some success in a regular season, he has never done anything in the playoffs. So if you can kind of get some momentum moving into that second half of the season where uh, you get to week uh, you know, 10, 11, 12 with a puncher's chance, uh, you're looking up at guys like uh, you know, Vic Romo and now you know, a young RG3 who's talented. But here's what you got. A two-time Super Bowl champ and, uh, in a coach and a quarterback looking up at three teams that don't have any of that. I mean, yeah – Washington's got Shanahan, but that was a many moons ago with, with John Elway. It's a whole different scheme and team. You've, I'm talking about you got a coach and a quarterback that have won two together. Um, so you know that's actually a really good that's actually a really good point because like when it when 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 it gets down to the nitty gritty, when it gets down to it, you know if Eli's one or two games back in week thirteen. Okay, and there's three games left. Nobody knows what Romo's going to do. Plus, you got to look at strength of schedule. So, um, and the lens gets bigger on Romo, and, and that's the one thing that, that has been a Romo thing. When the when the lens gets bigger on Romo going into week 13, 14, when he's got to deliver down the stretch. Now, if Dallas gets it together and they just kind of push it away, you know, by week thirteen, if they got a big lead, there's no pressure really on Romo. He can kind of play freely. But if it comes to the point where Romo has to deliver in 13, 14, 15, or 14, 15, 16 weeks uh, because there's a guy like Eli and the, and the Giants nipping at their heels, it's going to be interesting to see how this big contract Romo, now big money Romo, 
kind of responds in that situation. I don't see Philadelphia with Chip Kelly and Michael. I just don't see the – they've just never been a model of consistency, under even under Andy Reid in the last few years with the personnel that they've got. And you see what, how, how good of a coach Andy Reid is right now. We're going into week eight. This guy's 7-0. and I mean, and they've beaten good football teams. It's not like they're 7-0. and you know, I, So Philadelphia, I don't think, is, is the answer. I think – I wouldn't count Washington out just yet because if RG's three's knee is, is, is healed and, and you don't get consistent performances out of Dallas and, and and Philly, hey, Washington could have a shot too. But I, you know, like I say, the inexperience on the side, you know, the, the, the Giants are holding that ace up their sleeve, so to speak, uh, with with some time to play. They're going to hold that card if they've got it for a while. And we'll see. Look, I, I know it sounds funny to talk about a team that's one in six like this, but the only reason why is, and for a lot of the reasons Jason just said, weak division. But here's the thing. There's too much talent on a ball club. There's too much. Okay? And if you look, like, I mean, now Cruz is playing great. Akeem Nix is dropping balls everywhere. Okay, he's dropping balls everywhere. The guy's got the biggest hands in the league, and you know I know he had an injury, but if that guy starts catching the ball and our offensive line give Eli more than two, you know, two seconds, there's a lot of talent, and you have a Hall of Fame coach, you have a Hall of Fame uh, quarterback. Okay, they're both gonna go. I mean, they're both gonna go to the Hall of Fame when it's all said and done. I mean, Coughlin's record, even before he was a Giant coach, was great. Now he's got two Super Bowls under his belt. So I just think that there's too much talent. I think they got it. So so we'll see. I don't know. Well, I'll and, know. And, and like you made a good point the other night when we were talking about it. Yeah, they're one and six, but they've got Eli who doesn't get shaken very very easily. He hasn't been shaken through this. He's ready to go into next week and play again. And the other nice thing about a guy like Eli is. He's the type of leader that hasn't thrown his teammates under the bus. Ever. Uh, you know, he's thrown all the interceptions, whether Nix has dropped a lot of balls or some of the balls have gone off some guy's hands into the defender's hands. Eli's going to take the responsibility, and he's just going to try to put it behind him and go on the next week and win the next game and win the next game. They're taking this one by one, and they've had to win Super Bowls doing that. In the past, they've had to go take games one by one to chip all the way down to win Super Bowl titles. So it's not nothing new for this team. Um, that's actually, even though it's a bad division, uh, it's going to be fun to watch that thing unfold as a football fan. Um, you know, obviously the AFC West is really fun to look at. Denver finally lost. Uh, you got Kansas City seven and zero, Denver six and one, San Diego playing really good at four and three. You know, those are good teams that it's going to be fun to watch unfold. And then. The, a, the NFC East is going to be fun to watch unfold, even though they're bad teams. They're all big-name, big-market teams with some marquee players. Uh, that'll be fun to watch unfold to see how... Yeah, I, I'm interested to see if Romo can put his foot on the gas pedal with that big money and put these teams away like he should. He's got no excuse not to. He's got these teams looking behind him. No, he's got no excuse. I mean, if Tony Romo can't put his foot on the gas pedal with the talent that he's got over there on both ends of the ball and put these teams in his rearview mirror and walk away with that division title, what the fuck did you spend your money on then? This is why Jason... <laughs> gets really passionate and hatred towards certain people. Uh, I said to Jason today, I go, and I'm not, I don't, I'm not a Notre Dame fan. I mean, if I had to say anybody, I, when I was a little kid, I liked Florida State and I liked the, the Hurricanes. I know that's weird because they're rivals kind of, but I like them both. So I said to the, oh, this kid on this kid on Seattle, Golden Tate, he's turning out to be good. He goes, oh, fuck that kid. That kid's a piece of shit. Well, he played at Notre Dame. This kid is such a big Ohio State fan that he fucking hates. I mean, listen, LeBron I get. LeBron I, I get. LeBron, well, okay, we don't have, let's not talk about it. Listen, uh, I hate 
I love Ohio State, and you can say, oh, well, they're not going to play a weak schedule. Yeah, they're weak schedule. That's just because the Big Ten has gotten weaker. But Urban Meyer is recruiting like an SEC coach. We're going to be there for a decade, whether it, anybody else is any good in that, that conference anyway. Listen, we've won 19 in a row. That's undeniable. We're probably going to win out and win, and, and we're going to be sitting there going, hey, we're undefeated with a weak schedule, and Alabama will probably be undefeated, and who knows what Florida State's going to do. They still have to play uh, Miami, the U, and Florida, so that'll be interesting. Uh, there's a couple other teams that are undefeated. I don't think they'll stay that way, but, uh, you know, listen. Yeah, I love the Buckeyes, and I hate anybody else that comes near them. I, I enjoy college football. There's some other teams I root for when the Buckeyes aren't going to be the ones that are the national champions. It's not Notre Dame, and it sure as hell isn't Michigan. I do a joke in my act when I go back to Ohio. I hate everything about Michigan. I hate everything associated with Michigan. In the movie Red Dawn, I rooted for the Russians. That's how much I hate the Wolverines. I mean, I, I swear to God. I, I, you, now you're getting me all flustered. i got to do comedy in two hours. <laughs> no, I'm telling you, if you guys ever run into Jason Lawhead, I want to get him going. Just fucking say something, anything that's anti-Cleveland, anti-Ohio, and or the big one is anti-Ohio State. We were in the mall today at Lids at the fucking hat place, and I just looked at Ohio State hat, and Jason's standing there, and I go, oh, the Buckeyes suck. And I looked at him, and he fucking stared at me like John Taffer staring at the fucking <laughs> bar owner before. Are the- you going to let this happen? <laughs> By the way, Lawhead's Taffer is so fucking funny and uh he's doing it i can't mention i can't mention it a lot of it's the body language though you have to use a lot of the body he's doing an impression of somebody we saw do comedy recently that he saw for five minutes and we wake up this morning and he comes out and stands in the middle of the fucking living room and does them and i ran fucking sprinted into the kitchen and started pounding the counter um really really funny we're having a great time we're talking sports we are performing here I'm going to get into the plugs. Sorry for all you people who don't want to like like sports and shit. Uh, I know we went heavy on the sports, but I had a great time. Um, this went really quick. We're over an hour. I could sit here and talk with Jay for a long time. Uh, again, I'm sorry the podcast is out a couple of days late. Somebody said, will you please stop apologizing for your podcast coming out this late? This guy apologizes for everything. Uh, you know, I don't like to be... Uh, I'm sorry. Did, that, did you think that came off? Did I, I'm sorry. Did that... No. Shut up. Yeah, I know. I just did you think that came off in Was a that sense? okay? Cuz I'm not shit. Eh, he's, like, he's he's apologizing when he's not apologizing. He's he, he everything he says I'm sorry. He says, I'm, sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry for not apologizing. Everything you say is in an apologetic voice. I'm just like, hey, "Stop." Oh, yeah. So anyway, um let's do some plugs here. We're going to do some plugs and um we're going to do another podcast. We're going to do Lawhead's Court. By the way, Jason Lawhead, okay? Listen to me, guys. Uh, you heard the episode that I did on Lawhead's Court recently. Episode 22, if you go to Lawhead's Court. Yeah, it was Paul Verzi. Yeah, it was episode 22, and uh, he does it from um, the network studios in uh, Los Angeles, California. It's a great it's a great podcast. We had a great time talking. It, it is sports heavy, so you know I know that my podcast has a section of sports. Jay's podcast is a sports podcast, and if you with heard... A, with sections of other stuff. So right, it's a right. sports podcast with a little sections of, of Right, like it's almost like, like, it's like mine is sections of everything thing with a little sports his is sports heavy and from what you've heard on my podcast definitely listen to this dude he knows what he's talking about he's an, um, one of the best historians in sports that I've ever come across he remembers everything we've been quoting movies constantly um, so Lawheads Court check it out I'm on episode 22 and I'm going to be on the next episode so listen for that and um, thank you so much plugs that I got 
So I'll let you guys know. Uh, I get back from this at the end of October, beginning of November, November 2nd. I'm at the stand all night, okay? Uh, then I'm opening for Burr in uh, Washington. I plugged the last one in Washington at Constitution Hall on November 7th. The Beacon Theater in New York on November 8th. Uh, the Tower Theater in um, what's Upper Darby, uh, Pennsylvania, right outside of Philadelphia on the 9th. And I will be headlining Empire City Casino in Yonkers, New York, on November 13th. So check those dates out. They'll be on the uh, www.paulverzi.com. Follow me on Twitter, at Paul Verzi. Keep the comments coming. I hope you guys enjoyed this. And uh, get that food on 14th and 3rd late night if you want a good fucking pita or uh, over rice. All right. Uh, I want to thank my guest, Jason Law. Thanks for being Always here. Always a pleasure, my friend. Thanks yeah. for uh, thanks for having uh, me. No, I had a great time. And uh, I will talk to you guys soon. Until episode 133, I'm out of here, everybody. Thank you.